Suicide is a tough topic, but the Washington County Reach for Hope Suicide Prevention Coalition wants you to know that there is always hope. We are a caring community reaching out to provide compassion and hope for a community free of suicide. In the next half hour, we'll talk with community partners to identify risk factors, raise awareness, and discuss prevention strategies. Hello, and thanks for joining us. I'm Melissa Anderson, and welcome to another edition of Reach for Hope, where there's always hope. Now, there's a new mental health crisis lifeline nationwide now that will not only reach our uh, people easier, it's an easier number to remember, but also streamline the system better here in Utah as well. With me today to talk about this is uh, nine, uh, the 988 Suicide Crisis Lifeline is Teresa Willie, Reach for Hope coordinator, and Nick Nuccitelli, who is a police chief of Laverkin and also a member of the Reach for Hope Suicide Prevention Coalition right here in southern Utah. Welcome to both of you. Thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. It's a very important number because the other one was so long that that most people couldn't get it, and if they did, it was backwards. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) we have a new number now that's 988, three digits, easy to text, easy to, 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 you know, punch into your phone or, or to call. Tell us, Teresa, why this is such a significant move, especially trying to save lives. We're excited about this, and it's been in the works for a really long time. It's taken a lot of years to get the infrastructure in place to where they could use it, but it's exciting because not only is it designated specifically for mental health crisis, but it's also a direct link. So when you dial that number you or text it, you have the opportunity to either choose the vet line or the regular lifeline, and it will go directly to a mental health crisis worker. So not only is it is it designated for mental health and substance abuse issues, but the nice part is it will get you there much quicker. Yeah, and I understand it works a little differently here in Utah than other states. We have something set up that others don't with uh, Huntsman. Tell us mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, so nationally, that call will get rerouted to one of several different call centers and then go back to the state. In Utah, we're a little bit ahead of the game, which we're really excited about. It will go straight up to the University of Utah, where you'll be in touch with a master's level mental health crisis worker. And then that number will get uh, be rerouted straight back to local MCOT, so mobile crisis team um, that can come out and help if needed, if they can't take care of the call um, in Salt Lake. Now, tell us a little bit about MCOT. I know it's here in, in southern Utah. I don't know. Is it statewide? And, and what does it do? We do have MCOT's uh, team statewide, but it's the mobile crisis outreach team. And so anytime someone's in a mental health crisis, I like to think of MCOT as the um, first responders for mental health. So they will be dispatched, and then they would go out and see if they um, can help that individual if they need to be transported or if they just need to get some um, a little bit of soothing right there in person. They can take care of it that way too. But it's really great because these guys respond, and they're able to help someone defuse or help get them some treatment or some help for mental health crisis. Yeah, and this is 24-7, just mm-hmm. as if you had called 911, but you don't. You call 988, and this all gets routed right through a different number. And that frees you up um, as police officers. Uh, Nick, tell us um, about how this is so great because it allows you to do your job in a different way, in a different manner. And I know that you're trained a little bit, you know, on some mental health response times and things, but right. but, you know... 
this is not what you do for a living. Tell us about how this is this number is going to help you out. Yeah, two things to cover is uh, over the last couple of years, um, the legislature has passed some new laws uh, having law enforcement officers throughout the state um, be trained in mental health crises. Before that, um, I thought Utah was really, really ahead of the curve. We have what they call crisis intervention teams, and officers would go through a 40-hour class specifically on mental health issues um, that related to to different, um, you know, medical crisis emergencies. And so we, we were fortunate enough to kind of be part of that initially, and now with 988, it's going to make it even easier because, like Teresa talked about MCOT, they're kind of like the first resource now where they're going to go to to get that response. And there's a certain, you know, group of questions that, that the dispatch center goes through uh, before they send officers out there to to respond. I think we're making some headway when it comes to mental health in our community and in our life, actually. I mean, I, there's a lot of changes that are happening for the good. Uh, Teresa, you know, and part of Reach for Hope's mission is to engage community partners mm-hmm. um, and, and identify and reduce risk factors, raise awareness, and implement research-based strategies. How well do you think this number, then, will help in connecting the right people at the right time? Well, obviously, it's going to help us get mental health crisis workers in in place immediately. It also helps us work better with law enforcement because they're not trying to be putting out those mental health fires right on the spot. And potentially sometimes that could escalate a mental health crisis. So it's it's really helping us connect better with the community resources that we have. Um, and I feel like we'd be dropping the ball if we didn't talk a little bit about the Access Center when we talk about mental health crisis. So individuals that are 18 and over can go to the access center at Intermountain and if they're in a a mental health crisis or struggling with suicide ideation they can go there and get treated it's a 23-hour stay so they don't have to be admitted but they can get their meds kind of regulated and and regulate their emotions give them a place to just kind of Um, relax a little bit and sit with crisis worker and and that's one of the resources and one of our community partners that we work closely with to help de-escalate some of these situations exactly and that's giving them the help that they need at the right time Mm -hmm. so chief new to tell you you've you've probably had incidents where before where it's not always good for police officers to show up at a scene where um, someone's wanting to take their own life and there could be a time where they might want you to do it for them. Um, how is this going to help de-escalate? Because you're not going to possibly be first on the scene. Yeah, I think one of the one of the things that police officers have kind of adapted to really quickly when it comes to mental health crises and, and responding in the past is understanding that time is a huge friend in, in, in de-escalating, in understanding, in building trust and some of those and some of those abilities to, um, to, to, make, to make that person that's in crisis find a healthy, uh, safe environment to, to recover. So f- for us, you know, um, that is the biggest thing is, is allowing that time and, get, and getting that, you know, initial help. And I think 988 is just going to be a number that over the course of time, people learn to use that number instead of automatically calling 911, which is 
the police and fire um, yeah. number for emergencies. Yeah, so. that's the number for public safety. And, yes. and that's going to free them up to do their jobs as well. 911, when someone calls 911, then those dispatchers have to take that call in. So yeah. um, uh, I want to find out real quickly then how this has been going on for a number of years, Teresa, that we've been looking for this number. Who, how does this work and who pays for this? Is there money that goes into this fund that helps through the Huntsman Foundation? How does it, how's this whole operation funded? And it took a long time to get this set up. Yeah, so le- the legislature pays for that. They've allocated funding for that. Um, and each state is responsible for the infrastructure that is going to be able to move this forward. I feel like, we're, again, we're very fortunate in Utah that they've been really progressive about getting ahead of the game. Um, we're ahead of the nation as far as getting some of these things in place, and I feel like we're really lucky that way. Yeah, it's really important to be able to have the resources there and the timing and everything. And we, we, thanks to you guys, we've really um, helped move that along, um, even as much as it takes a long time to get there. I feel like yeah. it's been a snail. <laughs> We've been waiting for a bit, haven't we? <laughs> yes. Um, so with Reach for Hope, how do you hope to spread the word about this 988 number? I mean, I've seen it in various places where the Family Health Care Clinic and other places have, mm-hmm. have put that number out there. Um, d- tell us how we plan to get this number out. And I guess the more we see it or hear it or it's visually there, we'll remember it. Yeah, and that's one of the things we're doing is try to push it out on the um, materials that we give out to people, um, printed materials, radio. We'll have that on our social media. So we'll be promoting it in some of those ways and also at the events that the coalition sponsors. Yeah, and I don't know what you do at the police department with that, <laughs> Chief Nucitelli, but obviously it'll be posted on the wall or something. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and we even, we you know, with the materials that we give out to people, there's they're consumers, and, and we make sure that they understand that those resources are now available to them. So instead of directly calling us, they can reach out on that number as well. Yeah, that's good. Good information to get get out there. Yeah. Now, uh, Chief Nuticelli, or I just call you Nick again, um, you have um, really helped out with Reach for Hope. Why are you so vested in this? I'm super vested in it for a couple different reasons. One, I think... Um, when you take the totality of the stresses that come along with being a police officer, there's experiences while you're in the job that um, really affect you, right? And so the the friends and the relationships that I've made over the years, um, a lot of those have to go back to having a good balanced mental health picture. And, and that just goes into being a good officer, right? Hopefully, if you have a good balance to life and, and, a, and a very... Um, kind of structured way of, of approaching all these problems, you can help solve it for the long term, not just the short term of being called there one time. You can create actual solutions that benefit the community members. And and that's one of the things that as a police department and, and what we do for specifically Leverkin Police Department is we follow up with some of those citizens that go through these um, episodes and these crises. And so uh, that's why I'm vested. I've been through a couple of different experiences in life as a police officer, uh, specifically um, where where it was a suicide by police officer. Um, and I've been on multiple um, families where, where we've responded to people that have, you know, unfortunately um, died by suicide. Mm-hmm. So, so when you see that hurt and you see kind of like that pain that goes along with it, 
Um, that's why I have a vested interest. I think, you know, being surrounded by Teresa and, and the other partners, Melissa is huge in this, right? <laughs> and and we have a lot of people, but uh, my family is is supportive of it as well because I think if we can normalize some of these things that we've come to always have a, a taboo about, if that guy say, I don't know. But anyway, about <laughs> the stigma that relates to that. Yeah, I, I think if we just talk about it, there's, there's hopefully going to be some, some benefits to it. And, and I've had the, I've had the great opportunity of talking to people when they're in crises and, and, you know, months down the road or weeks down the road, or even years down the road, those people have reached back out to me and said, you know, what an amazing thing that you did to kind of help me through that troubled time. And those are things that I learned specifically through my involvement with uh, reach for hope. Yeah. And, 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 you know, educating myself on, on how to find um, people that really care. And I think that's what it's all about is education. And this is a 988 number is, is more than just a crisis line. It's a lifeline. And Teresa, you've been uh, with Reach for Hope and at, at Southwest Behavioral Health for, I don't know how many years, but your name is up there. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure that you have the same interests, vested interests as, as Nick does. Tell me a little bit about your passion for this. Yeah, hundred percent. I've, um, for a lot of years, I had students working with at-risk youth in the middle schools. I had quite a few students who struggled with suicide ideation, lost a couple students actually. Um, and, and it's been a passion of mine. You know, we all have people that we love and care about that struggle with mental health issues. And one of the goals is to try to get people talking about that. We want people to not be afraid. And like Nick said, we want to reduce the stigma that goes along with talking about mental health. We want people to feel comfortable. And I think just the fact that we have designated this 988 number to mental health crises reduces the stigma because it helps people understand that this is a big enough issue in society that it's worth designating a specific crisis line to that. Mm -hmm. um, something as relevant as 911, you know, with the 988 number. And so that to me speaks volumes to the fact that there are a lot of people struggling. And once we know that we're not alone in those struggles, we're a lot more likely to reach out and feel comfortable that other people suffer from that too. And it's okay to get help. Yeah, it definitely is. Now, Nick, you have uh, also a invested interest in this with some Bandolero race cars. Tell us a little bit about your Bandolero projects and, and what you have. Sure. Um, uh, for, for my life growing up, I really found a lot of, um, you know, I, I call it my balanced time in life with racing. I, I love the competition. I love the building. I love the camaraderie of it. I, I love uh, kind of leaving that place and going to a loud, obnoxious arena of um, asphalt and rubber and burning gasoline and things like that. So, all of my kids, including myself, um, we've we've all raced cars, and currently, uh, all three of my kids, age fourteen to nine years old, all race fifteen to nine years old now. Sorry about that. Um, all race cars, and and you can see by the pictures, they're they're um, you know performance cars that um, I asked Teresa if we can continue to get the message out there with the nine eight eight number and how I could help, and I think that with with the young people involved and kind of getting that ball rolling with with them showing it maybe some kids will find um that number to be even more accessible so it's on the side of the race car 
it's on the side <laughs> of the race car on the hood of the race car it's everywhere that we could put it and um and yeah we're super proud to to be a part of it uh we'll take it to every racetrack that we go to um and kind of get the word out we we race at uh, a couple different tracks across the western united states um, so it won't just be in our community, but it'll be in the community of Arizona. It'll be in the community of um, Idaho um, and in, in parts of California as well. So if we can, if we could just kind of get that spread out there, um, I know my kids are going to be super happy about that and kind of um, continue to inform people that not just do they have a cool race car, but they have a race car that gives an even broader message to some of the new things that are available to people out there. And you had it in a parade recently. Tell me about that. <laughs> How did that go? Yeah, so we had a friend of mine at uh, T Rux Trucking has a flatbed tow truck, and, and um, I asked if we could put the car on there. Uh, we got a fresh wrap on it with the with the nine eight eight numbers and uh, live on Utah campaign, and and uh, it it was really it was really powerful. Um, and they had a blast. I, I put I put the little one on the back of the tow truck. My daughter was in a soapbox derby car. And we're going to have an event on Saturday to kind of uh, tie all of that together. So we were just out there promoting our Cops and Cars event um, where Reach for Hope is going to have a booth and some other awesome community um, partners will be out there to support a younger crowd. And tell us when that is and where at. So it'll be uh, at the Laverkin Elementary School. And it is this Saturday on September 10th. We kind of do it to honor first responders. Um, so we have a car show and then we also do soapbox derby races where, where kids, usually the ages of six to about 15 or 16 compete, uh, going downhill in gravity cars. If you haven't seen that yet, you need to, it's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's really cool. Uh, Laverkin city is a, a, a big supporter. Um, and obviously I'm, I'm really vested in the community there and, um, and just want to help out and do fun things that, uh, that hopefully bring everybody together. In, in that kind of environment. And there'll be a lot of cops and cars, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I think the cops will still be out there doing their job and <laughs> maintaining <laughs> maintaining the cities. But, uh, yeah, we hope to get everybody's invited. It's a free event. Uh, there'll be food, bounce houses, vendor booths. Um, and then there'll be a, a concert at the evening that everybody can enjoy. So Wow. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to rain that day, so let's just hope for the cooler temperatures than what we've had <laughs> lately. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Teresa, um, obviously you'll be there with a booth and yeah. be sharing the, the word and, and the new number. Um, hopefully we'll get a good turnout. Yeah. And this is one of the things that I find really, really fun is that we're partnering something that's fun and upbeat with that suicide prevention messaging. How cool is that, that we can talk about that in a positive way instead of having it be something that people don't dare talk about anymore, you know? So the, the partnership there is really, really fun and really cool. And I like the fact that you've got your kids there and they're involved with your Bandolero racing and that they're out promoting this. I mean, how cool mm -hmm. is it for them to be able to go out and spread this positive message of, hey, you know, there's always hope. Here's a number you can call. Yeah. Um, and it's so cool that you're, you're engaging with that and allowing them to be a part of it. Yeah, I think the Reach for Hope Committee um, is inviting, right? And, and I really enjoy my time there. And, um, and I know that, like, not just, but not just my kids, but, like, even their friends and their other classmates and things like that that see this have a lot of questions to ask them. And those are things that they kind of 
you know, uh, educate them about. So I, I'm, I'm really happy that that's the direction that we're going to be going is, is continuing just to talk about it in a, in a positive way. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and Teresa, how do you feel about this 988 number? We've talked to, we've run it almost into the ground, but it's really needs to, it's so important that this gets out there. Will there be any, um, opportunities to get this out into the schools or just education, um, beyond what we what we're already seeing yeah we're promoting this with the hope squads um throughout our secondary schools in the county so they'll be aware of that and then they in turn will be able to share that with their peers um they'll know that's one more resources that they can use in addition to safe ut in addition to the live on campaign which they have some really fun new things that are coming up with that as well they just did a launch for uh, suicide prevention training, and it's a 10-part series um, through Instagram. It's the very first of its type on Instagram, and you can go, uh, yesterday was the launch, and so they're now opening up one new lesson each day for the next 10 days so that people can can really get some in-depth uh, training on suicide prevention. So we have those really great three resources that we're trying to push out um, in every area that we that we work in, you know, with our our members on our on our Reach for Hope Coalition, they can take that information back to their respective agencies and organizations, and then of course through the schools. And anytime you can get that message out to kids, it's really important. And you give them a phone or a video game, and they're going to go for it, right? Yeah. I mean, when you said Instagram, I was like, oh, kids. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't look at that that much, but I know there are others that do. And, and if those kids could be on their phone 24-7, they'd be looking at that. Mm-hmm. How cool is it that they can go on there, answer a few questions or whatever, mm-hmm. and learn and also possibly save a life? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So many good resources, how to, how to get help for yourself, how to give help to other people, and it's right there where, where people live in their phone. Yeah, unfortunately, right? Yeah. <laughs> when we were kids, we used to ride on a bike, and we never even went home till it was time for dinner. Right. Sometimes we didn't even make it home for dinner. <laughs> anyway, uh, do you have any last thoughts, Nick, about um, all of the things that are happening? And I mean, it feels like we're evolving into a, a new uh, generation of openness and inclusiveness, and and also with this 988 number, it's a crisis hotline lifeline, but like the graphic says, there is hope. And that's, I think, one thing we've always said with Reach for Hope is there is hope. Yeah. I mean, I, I think coming from the, the cop background, right, of, of a number of years is there's always this trust thing. And it's like, how do we find that resource that's very trustworthy, that we're willing to open up to, that we're willing to go? So I think as far as what we're doing as a country to kind of say, okay, let's streamline this process. We've realized that there are issues here and that, you know, even some of the statistics where you talk about law enforcement suicides, right? People say that being on law enforcement is a dangerous job. Well, it's even more dangerous once you're out of law enforcement because you have the opportunity to lose your life a lot quicker. I think it's three times more, four times more. For, for, for first long, responders. Yes, for yeah. first responders, four times, yeah. four wow. times more. Wow. And so I think this number will kind of streamline the process of, of having a trustworthy source and allowing people the opportunity to just call. And I think once, you know, you call it and you talk to somebody and there's a good interaction on the other end of the line, then that word of mouth will just continue to spread and it'll be it'll become the normal 
of where to go for help during those situations. And everybody is attached to the phone. Social media is really cool. And that's what's so progressive about live doing that on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't have that, but I know that my <laughs> wife, I know my kids have that. And they're very in tune to like what's new, what's popular, what's, what's bringing them into that screen to give them that education. And, um, yeah, I just hope we continue or, you know, Teresa and the group and all, all of the partners continue to, to make that as normal and refreshing as it could be to, to always have a positive, um, look at this. Cause it's, it's when we talk about it, right. It's always sad and it's always kind of hurtful to, to discuss these things, especially with personal experiences. But this is one of the, the coolest things that we could be a part of right now. And I do like the fact that, um, when you have an issue, there's genuine care to, to find a, a solution and, and help for them. Right. So. And Teresa, any last thoughts quickly? Um, just use the resources we have. They're out there. We've been really, really um, good, I think, at creating resources in the state of Utah. So use them. Use them. 988 has um, Spanish options as well and they also have other kinds of interpreters there that they can help us so use these resources they're important great thank you for joining us today and thank you for joining us and remember text or call 988 if you need help have a great day the reach for hope coalition wants you to know that we care about you and we are here to help if you or someone you know is thinking about suicide reach out you're not alone to access resources for yourself or others, visit our webpage at reachforhopeutah.org. That's reach, the number four, hopeutah.org. If you are experiencing a crisis, please call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK because you matter and there is always hope. This has been a production from a podcast studio.